my Dr. Sears. I'm not sure what to do about my daughter's Hey, Dr. Sears. When I opened my baby's diaper, what came out really Hi, Dr. Sears. My kids refuse to eat fruits and vegetables. What do I do? I've been more terrible things the last couple of days. Can I get your advice, Dr. Sears? Welcome into the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jim Sears, along with my sister, Hayden Sears, a certified health coach. How are you doing? Good. All righty. And then our little brother, Matt, over there, sound man Matt. Good morning. Father of one who's, well, he's four, <laughs> Levi, and he yes. decided to get up really, really early this morning, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it's one of those days where I'm going to just be sleep deprived all day long. But <laughs> that's what coffee is for, right? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's why we're here. We're here, here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting and then help you through those moments that aren't quite so joyful, like five in the morning, yes. little four-year-old waking up. I, I, I kind of had a rough night myself. I went, I was exhausted. I had a really busy day. This flu season is kind of kicking everybody. But um, so I get home from the office and our washer doesn't work because um, I, I actually, it was my fault. I, I messed up the, the front seal. That, so oh, if we yeah. use it, water kind of leaks out the front. And so... Jessica and I were at the laundromat last oh, night. No. And um What's but, a laundromat? I know. I haven't been at a laundromat <laughs> since medical school. But it's actually kind of cool. We live by a there's a really cool a French uh cafe right next to it. So. Oh, for, oh yeah. <laughs> so right. it's kind of a high end uh laundromat. <laughs> it's but one of those um, fancy schmanchy laundromat. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so I get finally get home pretty late and I'm getting bed pretty exhausted and just fall asleep feeling great. I kind of wake up and it was dark and I was like, wow, I feel like I slept a long time. It's probably, I'm guessing it's what, 4.30? So I have a little clock that shines on my ceiling in red. So it doesn't, yeah. it's very dark, but you can see. I looked up and it said 11.28. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And uh, I was kind of up uh, here and there throughout the night. And so not the best night of sleep on mm. my end. Um, I did resist the temptation, though, of when, when I'm up trying to fall asleep, grabbing my iPad and just kind of looking at stuff. And sometimes I'll look at boring stuff, but oftentimes, you know, oh, yeah, I'll check my email. I'll see what this guy's... And suddenly I'm awake. And so I didn't. I just kind of laid there and thought of... uh, I have an exercise where I think of something really boring, um, uh, but uh, trying to figure something out. Um, And I I like to build model boats as a kind of a little hobby. And if I, um, so I I pick a a problem on my boat and just kind of try to think, okay, if I, if I change this and do that and move this here and get another piece that's smaller, just kind of figuring, figuring out something that really isn't that important. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm trying to solve, you know, the, the, the financial crisis or the medical (laughs) crisis of the country, but something Pretty trivial, but interesting to me, and my mind just kind of focuses on that. Everything else goes away, and I'm usually pretty asleep pretty quickly. So anyway, so that's our that was our night. So so um, uh, hey, real quick, if you are listening, that means you probably like the show. So please tell family and friends, um, share it, give it a rating. Um, for some reason, apparently, it's good to have ratings on your on your uh, mm-hmm. on iTunes. So we have. Um, a, a good amount so far. I think I counted 15 or 16, um, which would be cool. But um, this is our 10th episode, so it's a little anniversary, 10th anniversary. And uh, we looked, um, so apparently, according to the iTunes ratings uh, that we can f- see uh, with our secret login numbers, um, a lot of people are listening. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people thanks, are guys. sharing it. So, um, so anything going on with you, Hayden? 
Gosh, not really. So our sister, Erin, uh, is is about to give birth any day now. She was due a couple days uh, now, so I'm kind of on, on baby watch because as soon as she goes into labor, I'm on an airplane <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to Northern California. I'm getting there for the, for the birth. Are you going to go up there? Yeah, that's my younger sister. I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of on baby watch, and cool. so I, I kind of haven't really planned much for this week. Gotcha. So uh, I did a... Um, um, I did a pretty cool trip. I went to Arizona, did mm-hmm. a few lectures, and uh, one of them, they're both great. Um, but the second one, they actually had this whole, you know, th- like the stage and this huge screens and the sound system, and they're playing music. And they like they asked me, what when we introduce you, what song do you want to play while you're walking down? They wanted me to kind of, normally I just kind of sitting up front already and just kind of stand up, okay, let's go. Um, but they wanted me to like come down the the, aisle, the center aisle and high five people. So they're playing music, right? Uh-huh. And I thought, ooh, I get to have some introduction music. And now my talk is a lot about fruits and vegetables. So I thought, well, what if I think of a song that talks about vegetables, right? And uh, and I, I had like about 30 seconds to think. And I, my first thought was VeggieTales, you know, some sort of VeggieTales song. <laughs> yeah. And well, that won't work. So I'm like, uh, well, and the next thing that came in mind was the Men at Work song, Land Down, Land Down Under, right? <laughs> Vegemite sandwich. Because he gives me a Vegemite sandwich. Yeah. Like, okay. So they play that song. It was cool. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I really, need, that's what I came up with? You need you know, a there was, song. I could have done... Um, Blueberry Hill, uh-huh. by Fats Domino. There's yeah. a song I think Apples and Oranges by Pink Floyd. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of vegetable or fruit songs that I could have used, uh-huh. but no, I told everybody to have a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> but now everybody thinks you're Australian. Durr. or something. But that you know what you do need a theme song, so we'll yeah. have to we'll have to pick a theme song. Hey, All if right. anybody has an idea for Dr. Jim's theme song when he gives talks, uh, comment and we'll yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. pick one. Yeah. So um, okay, we got a great show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about. Here's uh, we got an article: uh, thirty three things to stop doing to your kids right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. So, I was reading through. I kind of glancing through them. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're don't doing a lot shoot. of them. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, you know, we I, can I all we can yeah. all use a little tune up. Mm-hmm. So there's that article. We're going to also talk. It's, it's crazy. I was. Um, Looking at uh, people sent us questions, and one of them had been was about tantrums, temper tantrums, and I don't think we've actually talked about temper Mm-mm. tantrums yet. Mm-hmm. I actually looked through our the, all our podcasts, and it's I don't think we've talked about temper uh-uh. tantrums. So we're going to talk about six uh, six things to kind of keep in mind when you're talking about temper tantrums with uh, with your kids. And um, I've got some funny stuff with my kids with temper tantrums, <laughs> and then. Um, uh, we're going to talk about uh, teachers, uh, the wonderful <laughs> teachers for our kids. And there's mm-hmm. a story about a Florida, te- Florida teacher that was fired for giving zeros to students who didn't turn in their work. Hmm. The nerve of her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So we'll get to those stories. But before that, it's time for Comments with Hayden. Hey, thanks everyone for commenting. We love hearing from you. So uh, last week we posted, or a couple weeks ago, we posted um, a podcast where we had Dr. Bill Sears, our dad, on as a guest. And so um, we have a couple comments and one of them says, I will definitely be tuning in. Wow. Will he be talking about his cancer surviving journey? Would love to hear it. Yes, he did. And that was posted. my comment. I think yeah. I commented back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It says, uh, that, yes, that's the main topic. Yeah, that so, was me. Hey, that was, so I got I got on the show. Cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, 
Yeah. <laughs> you got mentioned. I'm on a pod. <laughs> and then、um, we have another comment who says, "I've learned so much from him. Such an inspiration." And I agree.、Yes. I have learned so much from him too. And one more comment:、uh, Sunshine Dot Parenting says, "Next on my playlist," which we love to hear. Right, cool.、So、Sunshine、yeah. Parenting. I,、mm-hmm. sh- I actually know her. Oh, oh forgot to put、buddy. your phone on、oh, well, silent. Sometimes the office needs to. That's true. <laughs>、um, I guess you have to be a dedicated doctor and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>、um, okay, so I got a, a comment that I got through my channels.、Okay. Uh, Hello, Doctor Sears. Colin has been running a fever for the last two days and been pretty lethargic. It was up to 102 this morning, and we are able to get it down to 99 with Tylenol. Just wondering if we can get him in to see you and test for the flu. Oh, this is actually from a patient. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> well,、uh, is that、so. can can she get in? Are、yes. you sex? Yes, okay, I will.、Cool. I actually, I'll, I'll message, message her, her right now. Saying, Jim, yes, I have see you at noon. I have people ask me if you are taking new patients. Do you,、sure. are you taking new patients? Okay. Yes,、cool. we do take new patients. Awesome. And、um, so, okay, so that was comments with Hayden. And、um, you know something we didn't—I forgot to mention—we have a great guest on the show later on. This、mm. was actually pre-taped. We taped this a while back because she was—we、uh, had a great doctor in town, Dr. Nicole Birkins, PhD. She's a.、Um, there's a lot of words behind her name, but、mm-hmm. essentially, she's a holistic psychologist. Like a behavior specialist,、mm-hmm. and、um, really, really good information. I interviewed her, so we'll be playing, having that、uh, as the last section of the podcast. She's got a great book out called "Life Will Get Better." Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> I read it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, I, when I met her, she gave me one.、Um, one of my children struggles with exactly what she was writing about. So yeah,、exactly. I loved the book. It was fantastic.、Yeah. And it's interesting.、Um, and I'll tease this.、Uh, one of the chapters the, near the beginning of her book.、Um, It talks about a lot of great stuff, but、um, the title of the chapter was "The Four Labs You Should Get Before Starting Your Child on ADD Medication" or、mm-hmm. something like that.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, and I thought that was really really a good thing. You know, it's like really checking, practical.、Yeah. And there's some、mm-hmm. a few very basic things you should check your, on your child. Make sure they're not low in this or that before、uh, um, starting them on ADD medication. So, anyways. Let's.、Um, oh, food swap! Time for a food swap, and、uh, I didn't tell you guys this, okay? Because <laughs> I didn't get a chance to. Because I was busy doing laundry、mm-hmm. last night, I didn't get to send you the the show outline. But、um, this was a little interesting food swap, and、um, I'm sure you'll be able to chime in on this.、Um, instead of having a snack, you know, it's middle of middle of middle of the afternoon, and you、mm-hmm. kind of get maybe a little munchy, cravy feeling.、Um, instead of having a snack. Maybe you're not really hungry.、Hmm. You know, maybe you're just kind of bored、mm-hmm. or tired or grumbly or not or feeling、thirsty. good about yourself or、mm-hmm. thirsty, and、uh, and and that happens. Th- this happens a lot.、Mm-hmm. Um, and、uh, I literally was that happened to me、um, a few days ago in the office. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I think I, I talk about my lecture. So、uh-huh. when I talk about my lecture or on the pod, I, sometimes I get confused, but.、Um, In our office,、um, I, I, I most of the time I eat really, really well, right?、Mm-hmm. And we maybe have some snacks in the office that are healthy, like、um, a little bit of fruit or some nuts. But oftentimes, parents or、um, the, you know another doctor's office, especially the dentist's office down the street, they drop off kind of things that are maybe not quite so healthy: some、mm-hmm. chocolates or some chips or some bagels. We have one parent that. 
gives us he 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 manages one of the local like bakeries actually Panera mm. Panera bread love that stuff um mm-hmm. but he always brings this whole box of bagels and cream cheese and stuff mm-hmm. so but i've really noticed middle of the afternoon and and i'm working um if i get those munchy feelings if i know that there's bagels in just in the other room mm-hmm. my cravings are a lot stronger than they are when there's nothing to eat. Yeah. You know, just when there's nothing to eat, my brain goes, well, there's nothing to eat. I guess you're not hungry, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, um, and that's something to kind of pay attention to. Yeah, it really is. I mean, people say that all the time. If it's in the house, I'll eat it. I think yep. that's just your mind being aware that there's something yummy creeping over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so it's funny. I, it, it's a very, very strong correlation with if there is salty, crunchy, tasty snacks, mm-hmm. your brain will convince you that you're hungry. Yeah. So, well, like right uh, now, I'm starting to get hungry. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm not. I'm not because there's nothing around. There, I'm looking around. Well, see, I know zero. that I bought like fresh chips. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what they're doing. <laughs> and salsa. So. Guacamole. Yeah. Because <laughs> for those of you who don't know, our studio is actually at Hayden's house. Yeah. It's in her garage. It's a beautifully, half the garage has been converted into a... Yeah, full on professional music, music studio, studio you know? recording I, studio. You used to rent it out to mm-hmm. legitimate professional musicians, and now it's now it's us. It's yeah. the podcast central. But uh, what's the point? Oh, so you know what snacks are over in, in my your fr- kitchen? <laughs> my I kitchen. don't. Yep. I don't. So what I like to do in the afternoon um, is if I'm if I am feeling hungry, but I'm not sure, I like to have a cup of tea. Mm. It's it can like kind of calm my stomach, even fill my stomach with a little something beyond water. Uh, so that's something I like to do in the afternoons. Cool. Especially yeah, now yeah. that it's really cold. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. It's so cold. The rest of the country is literally <laughs> freezing, and we're like, oh, it's 50 oh, degrees. It's 50 I can't degrees. handle it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to go outside. <laughs> so, all right, so let's talk about this Florida teacher. Okay. Florida teacher was fired for giving zeros to students who didn't turn in the work. Um. Wow. Yeah. yeah uh, this I won't name her. Um, she's been a teacher for years. Most recently, she was an eighth grade history teacher at Westgate K-8, K-8 through school in Port St. Lucie, Florida. By the way, that's where our grandfather really? uh, lived. I don't know oh if you goodness. have... Did you ever meet our grandfather? No. No. Mm-mm. Gee whiz. Wow. No, I, I forgot. Did. Wow. Yeah. He, we used to li- visit him down there. Anyways, uh, dad's dad. Um, so she recently gave her students two weeks to complete an Explore notebook project, but several students simply didn't hand it in. Since there was zero work done, Diane gave them zeros, and she got fired for it. Wow. Wow. Well, and the, yeah, and there's a school policy that you can't give less than a 50%, even if yeah. they didn't do anything. Yeah. It, it, yeah, this elementary school has a, a rule called the zero, uh-huh. no, no zero policy. Yep. <laughs> Which that doesn't what, even make sense. What what other part of life that if you don't do something like you neglect to fill your car with gas, yeah, that it, it won't ever go below half tank, right? Because that it's just not how life or physics work. <laughs> You know, so, you're not teaching your kids um, good math. You know, so this zero, 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 zero policy, yeah, <laughs> no zero like policy. That. Obviously, this teacher did not agree with it, and mm-hmm. after she was fired for disobeying, she left her students a charming goodbye message on the whiteboard. Here it is: "Bye, kids. Mrs. Blank uh, loves you and wishes you the best in life. I have been fired for refusing to give you a fifty percent for not handing anything in. Love." Mrs. Blank. 
So, oh, that's, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of lessons there. There um, is. And I, I think in the article, it really points to our culture nowadays where we're rewarding people for just showing up. They get mm-hmm. paid for just showing up or participation trophy, trophy which is, you know, I, I, I think there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. But um, this is kind of, I feel like it's going a little too far and just feeds into the entitlistic thing that we're struggling with in our culture. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's just it's just not how life works, yeah, you know. It's and true. Uh, um, sure, if you're, I, I like the teachers that um, if for something something happens, or even if you those kids that didn't get it done, mm-hmm. give them another chance. Say, yeah. okay, well, I'll give you, I'll extend it for you for another two weeks, and and then the max you can get, get maybe is seventy five. Yeah, you know, if even if it's a plus work, you will get a seventy five percent. And I mean. Which is how most classes work. I know at the beginning of each mm-hmm. school year, I have to si- sign s- syllabi for my my daughter, and it says it'll have a policy on that. And it's like that, you know. Right. For every day late, it goes down this much percentage, even if it's perfect work. And I like that because yeah. then, you know, if you miss turning it in, you still have incentive to turn it in, but then right. there's a logical consequence there's that logical goes along, right. along with and, it. And uh, I remember that that kind of dreadful feeling in the pit of my chest when I was in grade school or elementary school or, or junior high or even high school, even college – or medical school. <laughs> now that I think about it, of having not done something and mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what you know? How am I going to get work this out? And you go talk to the teacher. It, it teaches you problem solving mm-hmm. instead really of does. just going, hey, hey, fifty percent. That's you know, can be. I'll that. take it. Yeah. You know, there was a. Um, it, the story goes on to say there was another teacher um, actually successfully won a court case against the school who fired her for giving out for um, giving a zero. Oh, for for yeah. giving out zeros. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, uh, we um, we uh, are with our teenager, our thirteen year old, our, our eighth grader. We actually just had a, um, a a conference because she failed a her I think it was her math test, and you know, just working with the the dean of the junior high, who's a great guy, and uh, the teachers and whatnot. And uh, um, and it's funny, uh, you know, why did she fail? Because she didn't study. Mm. You know, bottom line, she'd come home and just say she'd say she did her work and didn't. And even if we tried to check it, well, no, I left it at school. But bottom line, she blew it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're meeting with the school and, and um, Jessica, she, she's, um, she's cool in that uh, she fully blamed, you know, hey, it's 100% your fault, uh-huh. Callie. And uh, so what are we going to do to fix this? And um, af- after the meeting with the, um, with the dean, the dean actually thanked mom for not blaming them, uh-huh. which apparently a Happens, lot of parents will sure parents, lot, why did yeah. my kid fail this test? You know, you're, you're not, you didn't do your job teaching, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, mom was just like, nope, it's, it's hundred percent on her. And it was kind of nice, the school kind of, uh, thing saying, wow, thank you for not blaming us yeah, yeah. We, it's not our fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, lesson learned there, you mm-hmm. know, um, I, I often, and that's actually one of the one of the things in the later article. Thirty three things to stop doing to your kids right now mm-hmm. is uh, there's something talking about failure and whatnot. So we'll talk about. I'm sure this subject up will yes, will come sure. back up in a few minutes. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I bet uh, this would be. I'd love if this teacher was my kid's teacher. You know, oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah, uh, it's we funny. Need it more seems like the like the hardest teachers or the most strict teachers. Even though, though the kids often hate them at first, they uh-huh. tend to be the ones you remember. It's oh, true. Uh, the ones that really teach you And like, they lessons. have also the ones that are respected in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I want to play devil's advocate just a little bit here in defense of the school who fired mm-hmm. the teacher. Um, obviously, most people are going to agree that the, the policy itself is ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm assuming the teacher had been there for some time. Mm-hmm. She obviously had to sign some kind of contract. She knew the policy when she got hired. That is a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah. I mean, if, right. if you sign so the, up to follow the rules, you can't be upset for getting punished for not following the rules. Right. That, that yeah. is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, a rule is a rule, even though... If you don't if you agree don't, with yeah, it. Yeah, we can it, ag- yeah. not agree with the rule, but she still got the that is a consequence that was laid out. That is a good point. So, Inter- it's yeah, yeah that's a good you know, point, Matt. Interesting point. It's kind of like if I don't agree with the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, uh, it is what it is. I'm still going to get a ticket. Uh, for doing 67 uh-huh. uh, right by the uh, Lake Forest off-ramp. Uh, <laughs> so, Not bitter at all. Um, yeah, anyways. Um, so, yeah, hey, real good point. Anyway. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny. We, uh, um, we have some rules in our house uh, that uh, I'll admit our, with our teen, we don't have a lot of rules. She has a, a lot of kind of leeway into when, what she does and w- when she does it and where, um, which is maybe one of the reasons why she failed math. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a couple rules in place that are 100% enforced all the time just so that she can get used to following a, a rule that she think is dumb. You know, and uh-huh. it's just a, a tiny little rule that affects her maybe, you know, a half of a percent of of the time <laughs> that she spends during the week. Um, just a tiny little thing, but just it's a rule so that she can learn how to respect authority mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So, and uh, all right. So, okay. I think we're done with that subject, yep. right? Let's move yeah. on to talking about tantrums. Ah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me tell a story about our daughter, my daughter. Uh, Leah, when she she's 25 now, but when she was, I'm trying to think how old she was. She it would have been she probably would have been about three because our son had not been born yet. And uh, I was in medical school, and um, we lived kind of in this little flat that the owners lived upstairs in the middle in kind of in the city near St. Louis near near the medical school. Um, and they had a child that was a similar age, right? And this mm-hmm. child would throw a lot of fits. And uh, you know, whenever they didn't get didn't get her way, this child would just what was her name? I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, um, just throw herself to the ground and kick and scream and uh, you know, and uh-huh. throw a complete major typical tantrum, right? And Leah never did that, but she saw that right, once, right? And um, so one day, uh, she kind of I guess it must have made an impression on her because uh, she asked for some ice cream. Daddy, can I have some ice cream? And it just wasn't, for some reason, it wasn't the ice cream time. I said, no, sorry, you know, we're not having ice cream right now. So she fully calmly just kind of looked around, slowly put herself down on the ground, (laughs) put her face down, her cheek on the floor, and just says... I want some ice cream. <laughs> you know, like, she was trying to do a tantrum, <laughs> but without the emotional outbursts, like, just based on what she saw, trying to copy the other kid or something. Yeah, it was so. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh. But, um, so it's interesting. Tantrums are a big. I, I 
parents probably ask me about tantrums all the time, uh-huh. and you know they happen at a lot of ages. You know, usually the younger kids, um, even teenagers and adults can throw tantrums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a kid tantrum—it's a harsh rela- reality of parenting. Yeah. Um, and so, oftentimes, uh, seeking a solution for a child's meltdown is a lot of parents are kind of looking for that. Mm-hmm. For that, what's the? How do you? How, how do, do you solve? stop? How, how do you stop, stop tram- t- tantrums? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the problem is there usually isn't a solution. Yeah. You know, you know, no matter no matter how your what your style of parenting or what all the different parenting books will say about tantrums, there just isn't a solution. It's mm-hmm. more about uh, de- uh, learning about them, dealing with them, and uh, helping your child through them. Um, you know, uh, there. I think, it, at least for me, tant- when your child's throwing a tantrum, it's probably one of the most, as a parent, one of the most painful uh-huh. and uh, hard Just, things for parents to deal with. Absolutely. You know? It's it's maddening <laughs> because there's no logic to it. And it's very developmental. There's yeah. a reason why there's tantrums get thrown during a certain age frame yeah, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. You know, it really has to do with the child's brain. Right. And you know, the... Um, one thing to keep in mind, when your child, even though it's hard for you, understand the child's not doing it to hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's kind of a, once the, it's something that's baked into childhood and, and they just, yeah. something you... Their brain has, like, they there. want something so bad that yeah, in yeah. that moment, like, it just kind of explodes. There, there's yeah, no yeah. reason or rationale. Yeah. And if you notice, like, so many... Tantrums are very similar. They start with an explosion, like this big, huge thing, Mm because she can't have ice cream. And then it goes for a while, and then it tapers down, usually into like crying, like really crying. Yeah, like a sadness. Like a sadness. And all tantrums tend to follow that Mm -hmm. pattern. Something I like to remind parents that they go, how do I discipline a a child who's having a tantrum? Um, That's not really what what the, the right mindset. What the right mindset is what... As a parent, how do I discipline myself? Uh-huh. You know, a disciplined parent—that uh, that's where what you need to do um, to kind of be able to show that calm compassion. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what the child's brain needs in that moment. They they are not literally not able to calm their own brain down. So, what mm-hmm. they need is a parent to show them how to do that, to kind of be that calm. And in that moment, if you're not able to, because I will raise my hand big time. There's times when I know that if I engage during a tantrum, I will lose it. Mm-hmm. I just oh, yeah. am, I don't have it. <laughs> so you just have to leave yeah. for, a, for a moment, yeah. a couple minutes, and and in doing so, as as their brain develops more, they will see how you stay calm, and they'll better be able to do that. Yeah. And I think that. Yeah, like how do you sometimes I hear like how do how do you punish a tantrum? And first of all, giving out a consequence or punishment or any sort of rebuke during a tantrum usually is counterproductive and mm-hmm. will escalate the tantrum and have it last longer. I think there's a really sweet moment when a child gets to more of that crying phase where they're just sad. You know, they're sad for a few different reasons. One, they didn't get what they wanted, but also at that point they're sad because they know that their tantrum was so disturbing to them, to the people around them. Like embarrassment and factor. They're embarrassed. Yeah. So yeah. I think taking that sweet moment, that sweet spot to just really comfort them and soothe that part in them that's embarrassed and all those things. And then once they've worked through it, they've, they have your compassion, they have your understanding, and then they can better hear from you what they can do next time to not have to throw a tantrum. Mm. Um, I think that is just, it's a beautiful way to to make a tantrum worth it and um, can it actually be a very connecting thing with 
between a parent and a child. And in the same way, I will say this because I completely threw a tantrum yesterday. Hands down, toddler tantrum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm 41. And now this time, I'm one of my children, they were kind of calm, which was really, really interesting. And so their roles were a little bit of oh, reverse. So yeah. maybe they learned from you. <laughs> exactly. <hopefully how> to... <laughs> so, so, so instead of beating myself up for that tantrum, I was able to recognize, okay, I, I've actually modeled this to my child and she's done it right. But now I get a chance to go back and also model for my child what to do after to help with that repair. Even if it's a few hours after, I can go back and say, you know what? I messed up. I'm really sorry. I'm sure that was really scary for you or really, you know, that was, you don't like seeing mom's face so mad or hearing her yell. I can really model to her then what the next step after a tantrum can can look like. One of the things I, I am always, I like to point out when I'm talking about tantrums is make sure under parents understand that, that they're normal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the first thing I do is that don't just, it's normal. So sometimes just knowing something is normal. Uh, it can diffuse that it energy. It of... it and suddenly you're not, as a parent, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with right, my child. Right, I have to fix this. It's just, and, yeah. it's normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we kind of pointed to, uh, point out a few minutes ago, uh, pretty much kids all over the globe, they have the same tantrum. Mm-hmm. It's they follow that predictable pattern. It's they begins with that explosive, high-intensity anger that you mentioned, and then slowly it winds down into this kind of sadness as mm-hmm. they realize they're not getting the ice cream cone. Yes. But, um, um, but you know, why do they have the tantrums? It's interesting. Um, the, the pattern of a tantrum, it kind of goes back to... The I don't want to say the Neanderthal days, but <laughs> but it's very it, evolutionary. Yeah, it's part evolutionary, of our um, that it's part of that flight or fight response that um, ki- everybody has. That it's mm-hmm. part of your brain called the limbic system. That uh, um, something happens that isn't good, and your brain just explodes in action. Mm-hmm. Um, back when it was trying to fight off the lion that's attacking you, that was very very useful. <laughs> um, these days, that we don't have that as much. Um, it, it, it tends to be a lot less socially, socially, socially acceptable mm-hmm. to have this raids of emotion, yes. um, in the middle of Kmart because you can't get the, uh, the toy, yeah, the toy. The... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and as adults, we learn how to, we get our frontal lobe, prefrontal cortex kind of allows us to, um, as that, um, develops. matures mm-hmm. and develops, you, you're able to tone down, throttle back that limbic uh-huh. system, but the kids just don't have that. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So. And I, I think, you know, thinking back as a parent, one of the reasons I sometimes didn't handle a tantrum in a way that I know is productive is when other parents are watching me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so I'm embarrassed and I feel like a bad parent and I feel like they're judging me. And so it's like, oh, I need to squash this mm-hmm. now. I need right. to like show that I'm assertive and a good parent. And so when I have kind of moved into like trying to fix it mode or stop it mode or even punish mode, it's usually out of my own embarrassment. And so once I kind of learned that most parents around me, they understand what's going on. <laughs> they know yeah, they've yeah, been right. there. Mm-hmm. And if there's a few judges out there, it's like, you know what, they'll they'll learn yeah. some sometime. I, I had a child development specialist tell me once, and I did this, um, uh, for our, our our son had tantrums. Our daughter didn't. I, I literally, the, the tantrum mm-hmm. that I described a few minutes ago, that was one of two tantrums that Aww. she threw in her entire life. The other one was, she was quite a bit older. Um, this would have been when she was probably 10 or 11. Something, she didn't get her way on something and she just, in a hoof, just 
screamed and <laughs> ran up to her room. That was it. Those are oh. her two tantrums. So I'm kind of curious if maybe our daughter's limbic system wasn't f- fully up to the task. Yeah, but, or um, her prefrontal cortex yeah, developed was, more earlier than most. Yeah, and I have a feeling that's it because yeah. she always was able to make good decisions and she never went really went through those moody teenage years. Oh, you're um, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I yeah. remember, so I, when I was a toddler, I mean, you guys know, I totally through tantrums, probably more so than most children. Mm-hmm. I'm a very emotionally dynamic person. Um, I, I feel my emotions very deeply, I think maybe in, in some ways in a heightened way than a lot of people do. And so in in handling these, I know my parents also looked to other aspects of my life to see if there was something going on to help me better handle mm. my emotions. And I know what a big one was what I ate. And I know that as soon as mom mm. kind of diminished the amount of sugar in my diet, specifically the high fructose corn syrup, for some reason, if I had that, it would just, I, I think it was a brain thing. It just, my brain just would not function in, mm-hmm. in the way I needed it to. And so as soon as we, re- she removed a lot of that from my diet, um, I was better able to handle those those hard feelings. Yeah, I, I see that. I, in my yeah. lectures, I talk about how kids seem to be 10 times more sensitive to food mm-hmm. in terms of the negative effects, the mood that can put it in. You know, you finish a lunch, you know, go out for lunch or something, and sometimes you get a little brain fog. You know, uh, kids will be way more uh, sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. So what puts me in a, just a little bit of a bad mood will put kids in a really, really bad mood. Yeah. Um, the second thing, you touched on this earlier, but... Um, Second thing I like to parents to keep in mind is that uh, tantrums are not teachable moments. You mm-hmm. just you there's it's their the brain cannot it's learn. Completely it's, pointless yes. to try to <laughs> reason with a child who's in the middle of a full blown meltdown. Essentially, mm-hmm. they're unreachable. Yeah, you know for kind of two reasons. First off. Um, the you know they're so their brain is on so overload and anger that they it's their brain is just focused on that emotion and there's nothing else you mm-hmm. know you can't literally they're just laser focused on that and you won't be able to reach them um, and until it will just they, add right it'll it just, add to your frustration yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the second thing since they're screaming they essentially can't hear you uh-huh. yes, <laughs> so for sure. you know that and that's a really simple one so just even though as especially as a dad I always want to start the teaching right away mm-hmm. that's uh, that's often my my quick uh, response to a, a lot of behavior negative behavior especially a tantrum is just start teaching right away mm-hmm. you know uh you just you will be way more effective as a parent if you just wait um just kind of sit and uh and wait for till they're ready to uh um um reason with you. Mm-hmm. And while you're sitting and waiting, uh, parents, this is the, the kind of the third thing I, I, I see parents often worry about is um, that's when, as your kid's throwing a fit in the middle of Kmart, um, the parents kind of look around and, oh my gosh, everybody's judging me. <laughs> you know, I'm being judged as a parent for my kid's tantrums. And uh, um, now for the most part, most, if, especially if there's parents, other parents around you, they'll kind of look and go, yeah, mm-hmm, uh-huh. I know. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got, <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Sometimes you make eye contact I with that mom, and she there. just gives you like that, like you got this. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got this look. Yeah, yeah. It's helpful. It's helpful to get that little, that little uh, uh, support. <laughs> right. You know, and that. Um, um, I think if someone does say something and, and murmur or, or give you the rolling their eyes, uh-huh. chances are they're not a parent. It's true. So the, their their opinion literally doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You just you can you can just discount what they 
any of that uh, mm-hmm. negative attention you get. And oftentimes uh, with my son, we would just, the tantrum would be starting. I like, I go, all right, we're out. You yeah. and me, are, we're, we're, we're leaving. We're yep. going out to the car and mom and daughter can keep shopping and, and, uh, and I guess we'll miss out on other stuff. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, now, uh, one thing, um, you can just pretty much yelling back at your child is off is just it, the wrong yeah, way. To, it'll escalate it. It's just all it does is, you know, it does a couple of things. First off, it uh, kids learn by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting how when you were throwing a tantrum, your kids didn't start yelling at you. That's nice. <laughs> they often do, but yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> but, well, for this, like, one, for this time, one time, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, yelling at your child who's already yelling is basically showing your child that yelling is a reasonable way to deal with frustration. Mm-hmm. And and it's generally not. It's not productive. It doesn't help anything. Um, I mean, maybe I've, I've been kind of irritated and or beyond mm-hmm. way irritated at something and I'll just find a pillow and just yell <laughs> into it. And oh, sometimes yeah. that, that physical uh, um, act sometimes just... Let some steam off, but mm-hmm. um, but that's directed, you know, at nothing, not at another human being. So, yeah. um, oftentimes, a, a best way to deal with a tantrum is uh, just kind of get quiet, mm-hmm. close, and uh, and calm, and mm-hmm. just kind of sit and wait, you know. And I I always I like parents to not I always don't want to give more attention to the child with the tantrum, uh-huh. you know, instead of like trying to calm them down and 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 you know cuddling cuddling them and all that kind of stuff. Um, often gives a positive feedback to the child to throw more tantrum. Mm-hmm. Wow, I threw a tantrum and I got snuggled. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, I would I would give attention, uh, but it wouldn't be. It would just like I just kind of sit and wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll wait. You know, and uh, it was. It, I didn't want to give the child anything. Any more reason to throw a tantrum yeah. next? Like time. the attention so. can come once they've calmed down, and once mm-hmm. you're able to to have that. Yeah, no that that is interesting because you know. I think some kids will learn that that's how they can get attention. And especially if they feel like they need more attention, they will start throwing tantrums. And I think if your child Mm -hmm. ramps up with their tantrums, it might be good to look at maybe I'm not giving them enough positive attention. And that might be a way to curtail um, frequent temper tantrums. Exactly. You know, you you touched on something earlier too – I if your child's throwing a lot of tantrums, chances are there there's something in their life that they that's just not right. They're mm-hmm. they're not feeling they're feeling too out of control for something, um, and you know they may uh, maybe something's going on at school, and and so that can kind of bleed into mm-hmm. having a tantrum. Yeah, I have to look so into that. It's really yeah. not about the ice cream they can't have. Right. They're yeah. they're already there. Their yeah. emotions are already there, and they just they kind of need a reason to come out. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Now, and there's kind of two different types of tantrums. There's a tantrum um, for not getting something that they wanted mm-hmm. or there's a tantrum for because they don't want to do something they need to do yes like put their shoes on mm-hmm. you, know? <laughs> yeah. um, you have no idea so, how many tantrums yeah. have been thrown in my house because of shoes and oh socks oh my gosh <laughs> speaking of shoes for a long for years my daughter thought those things uh you put on your feet were called shoes on because <laughs> <laughs> let's fine. get your shoes on Time to, hey, Leah, put shoes on. You know, so she would call those shoes saying, on. hey, I got my shoes on. I got my you shoes know, on. There's my shoes on. Where's my shoes on? I can't I put my got shoes, new on. shoes on. Yeah. Sounds like a car. <laughs> yeah, right. Shoes on. Shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
The uh, okay, but for the first type of tantrum, that the tantrum that um, uh, it probably applies to both types of tantrums. But I essentially never wanted to give in. I never wanted to let the child learn that throwing the tantrum worked. Right. Um, right. You know, because then it all that does is just it'll make it harder it next makes time. It makes next the time. next tantrum more that much quicker to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few times in the middle of a tantrum that I kind of realized, oh boy, I, this I am not going to win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, without giving in, I made it. I, I kind of changed the the uh-huh. the, the approach. Um, and one of the things I, I did, uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, I think uh, it was our son. He wanted the ball that was in the grocery store or something. He wanted the the. the We'd we'd be shopping. He'd be sitting in the cart. He he'd see something on the shelf, and and oh, I want to grab that. And mm-hmm. and sometimes oh, sure, fine, have it. And uh, but sometimes this particular time, it just I I didn't. Nope, can't have that. Throwing a fit, right? And uh, and, and just by the fit, I'm like, okay, this one's gonna go a long ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm not with mom, so I can't just go to the car because I really need to get the shopping done. So I I kind of went, oh, wait a minute, what did you say? How, did you say you did want? The cup of soup. Oh, I thought you said you didn't want the cup of soup. <laughs> oh, sure. You can have the cup of soup. Yeah. Um, well, because so sometimes kind of, we answer too quickly and right. then we realize, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I was the one that was wrong. Yeah, so yeah. it's hard like, because – Is we, it going to kill anybody to have the cup of the, – the can of soup? Uh-huh. You know? No. So but I like that because you didn't give in, and but you can yeah. kind of change the verbiage to where mm-hmm. they, they understand or, oh, you yeah. know what? I need to – yeah, you just kind of switch it up a bit. Yeah. So and I, got, I think that's important. Like there's certain times, situations, you know that a tantrum right now would just just wreck so much. And so <laughs> compromising or, or, or just – Yeah, I call it picking my battles. Yes, you know, I kind definitely. of got pretty good at, you know, the, the, the child would ask something. And instead of just snapping a quick no, I go – I take a couple of beats and go, okay – is this a good place for a tantrum? Is <laughs> yeah. this not a good place for a tantrum? And and then is it really the end of the world if they play with my pen, mm-hmm. you know, or something? And uh, and then oftentimes I would I would I, w- I would allow the thing that was maybe borderline, mm-hmm. um, but th- but when I did say no, no was no, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, what about the the second type of tantrum about putting shoes on or getting <laughs> dressed or something that. Um, uh, well, the way we would approach those was um, we'd say, okay, time to get your shoes on. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> if if it didn't happen, um, it uh, we would help them hmm. put them on, mm-hmm. you know. And even if they're throwing a fit, we would uh, kind of put our hands over their hands and help put their feet, the, the, mm-hmm. sh- the hands through the, the shirt and uh, and the feet into the shoes. So they kids kind of quickly learn that even if they're throwing a fit, um, it's still gonna happen. It, it, the thing happened. Yeah, you know, and obviously we we're gentle. Nobody got mm-hmm. hurt or anything. But uh, they kind of we we kind of said, "Are you gonna do it the 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 the, the, the nice way or the baby way?" Because mm-hmm. the baby way is we're gonna if we're gonna have to do it for you like back when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of quickly learned that that didn't work. Yeah, either. yeah. <laughs> so for mine, for mine, it was it was mostly just all right. The shoes and socks go in the car, and they they can't get out of the car at the friend's house until they put their shoes and socks on or. Usually it's on the way to school, and so we have to be in the carpool lane. And when we get there, and their shoes and socks aren't on. They're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So they've they've quickly learned that that it's they have to put them on no matter what. And so they can either do it now or be embarrassed or their feet be cold or oh, mom yeah. has to carry them to the car because they didn't put their shoes on. So they don't <laughs> they don't like that. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful natural consequence mm-hmm. of their actions that. Uh, 
if uh, well, usually really, really quickly stops a negative behavior mm-hmm. if, if the child kind of sees how that turned out. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, it didn't work I for didn't, me. I did not get what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I will not be doing that again. All right. So, um, well, I think we've kind of yeah. well, that's, killed that's the topic <laughs> of tantrums. But that's some pretty cool stuff. It's kind of funny. A lot of those, st- uh, you know, I, I hadn't thought of some of those things. I'll never forget my daughter. I want some I ice cream. I love that. Uh, next time I see her, I'm going to tease her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another, oh, let me just throw in another quick tantrum. I think we talked about this back in our holiday show. Uh, we, we'd give our kids pajamas uh-huh. um, uh, for the night before. That was their present. Mm-hmm. And uh, our son, uh, I think he must have had in his mind his present was going to be some sort of Star Wars toy or Lego something. Mm-hmm. But when he opened pajamas, he just, <laughs> just melted down. I didn't want pajamas! <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Enough about tantrums. Let's take a quick break, and we will be right back for the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. Top of the morning to you, and happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. This is Leprechaun Patio Furniture, and I'm giving a lucky shoot-out to the Sears Parenting Library. If you are the type that tends to overdo it on St. Patty's Day, you might be interested in the Dr. Sears T5 Wellness Plan. It's five easy steps to transform your health and detox after a few too many pints of green suds. Of course, that's what I'll be having. So go online to AskDrSears.com and you'll find some great books. There are more than 30 childbearing titles to choose from, with everything from pregnancy, childbirth, and breastfeeding, to discipline, sleep, anti-aging, and ADD. Like I says to you, if you're looking for that perfect gift for that new or veteran parent on your list, or just want some sagely advice from Dr. Sears, check out the Sears Parenting Library on AskDrSears.com. So our next thing we were, we are supposed to talk about, uh, the 33 things to stop doing to your kids right now, we're kind of running low on time because I really want to get to this Nicole, Dr. Nicole uh, segment. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really helpful. So, But let's just tease some of the things, some of these things. Um, number one, feeling like you're failing. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm so tempted to talk about it, but we're I not. Know, we're gonna, we'll probably do these on the next podcast. Um, number two, doing everything for your kids. These are mm-hmm. things you're not supposed to do. Yes. Um, I'm just going to skip ahead. Neglecting yourself, uh, and, and with the mom to mom moments, you mm-hmm. often uh, touch on that. Uh, the, somewhere on there, there was not. Uh, don't neglect your marriage mm-hmm. either, and that's super important. Um, Rushing everywhere, I like that one. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, overspending on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool. Um, I got some good stuff to talk about that. Um, let's see. Great. How. Don't raise a brat. Yeah, <laughs> number don't eighteen. Do that. <laughs> I like this glossing over important chats. Mm-hmm. That can be hard to to just be like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is I like this one. Number nineteen. Thinking your children don't need to learn street smarts. Mm. And uh, we have we just our my wife and I were talking just last night. Uh, our daughter, four years from now, she's probably. You know, God willing, uh, four and a half years from now is off to college. So uh-huh. we literally have four years to teach her how to pump gas, uh, <laughs> uh, do laundry. Um, like yeah, there's a lot of life skills yeah, she still yeah. has not mastered. So um, anyway, so this this is a great list, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch of other stuff um, like forgetting to recognize the little moments. Yeah, and. Uh, so we'll touch on these at the next on the next yeah. podcast. But so the list is called 33 Things to Stop Doing Right Now. Is that what it yeah. is? 
So you're allowed to do them for the next week. Right, right, right. right. Then yeah. Yeah. Next week, right. you'll have to stop. Yeah, yeah, you'll have right to stop now. that. That's a good point. So you, you, you guys are off the hook. For, uh, for so now. get it out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so um, so we will just, at this point, let's um, you'll switch over to uh, the interview with Nicole Birkins, and then we'll finish up the show when, after that. All right, and we're back. And like I said, Hayden had to go pick up her kids, so she's out of here for now. And I am joined by a really cool guest, Dr. Nicole Birkins, PhD. She is a clinical psychologist, a board-certified nutritionist. She's an educator specializing in integrative approaches to child development and mental health conditions. Essentially, what that means is she's a holistic child psychologist, which that's what every one of my parents are you know would love to have you're from michigan though unfortunately right correct (laughs) uh you've written a book called life will get better uh website is drberkins.com we'll spell that in a bit and you've written an ebook the five keys to unlock better behavior naturally welcome thank you so much for having me here so so do we go by dr nicole dr birkins typically dr nicole dr nicole that's how we are in our office we're there's three dr sears in our office so we go by (laughs) Dr. Jim or and et cetera. So welcome. This is all so awesome. Yeah. I just I just met Dr. Nicole last night at a uh, a meeting and uh, she sa- seemed awesome. And um, I thought, hey, you got to come out of the podcast. So I normally have time to prepare. I would have read your book. <laughs> so I essentially just looked at your website and this it looks awesome. Thank so you. so let's get one one. Um, uh, you know, you, you deal mainly with um, behavior issues or um, brain yeah. problems that I call depression, anxiety, Absolutely. ADD. And um, one of the things I uh, I deal with in the office uh, in that realm is um, uh, the parents, they want to know what's the, what do we do? What do we do mm-hmm. now? You yeah. know, and uh, often when I look, look at a book like yours, I, I'll, I'll skim maybe the first chapter, but I'll start looking towards the end. Okay, where's the action? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and one of the uh, the headings I saw were uh, labs yeah. that you sh- you know instead of most doctors oh here's here's your here's your Ritalin prescription mm-hmm. and go you know and get out of my office now but uh, you say every child before a pres- prescription is written for for things there's some labs that we should do yeah well you know I've been doing this work with kids for over 20 years at this point and my focus is really on getting to the root causes of these brain-based kinds of things that we see in kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you are finding in um, your practice, same thing that, you know, I'm finding in mine and, and practitioners are finding throughout the country is more and more children are coming in with these kinds of brain-based issues, whether it's attention issues, learning issues, um, behavior kinds of things, anxiety, depression, all of that. So, You know, my focus is really what's going on at the root of that. Why are kids having more and more of these problems? And when we can treat the root issues, then we can really get good symptom resolution. So to me, lab work is one of the foundations of looking at what's going on with kids. And there's really good research support for looking at some core nutrient levels for kids. So these four labs that I tend to recommend are really looking at these specific nutrient levels for kids because if those are deficient or even not optimal, kids can exhibit symptoms of attention problems, anxiety, mood and behavior issues. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, okay, so let's get into those. What yeah. uh, what 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 four labs do you think are a must have for every child or, or parent? Yeah, right? absolutely. Pretty Adults much anybody too, for sure. So vitamin D is the first one, mm-hmm. and you know many people think about vitamin D when they think about sunshine and being out in in the sun and getting their vitamin D. And you know vitamin D is an essential nutrient for neurological function. It's really mm-hmm. important for immune function too. But what vitamin D does is help regulate neurotransmitter levels. It helps with our mood, with our ability to focus. There's good research on that. So one of the things that I always look at with kids who are presenting with these kinds of symptoms is what is their vitamin D level? Mm -hmm. Because often I will find that kids and teenagers have suboptimal or even really deficient levels of vitamin D. And when that's the case, we want to treat that. We want to get them out in the sun more without sunscreen. We want to do vitamin D supplementation in order Mm -hmm. to be able to raise those vitamin D levels for them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good stuff. Um, I've, Vitamin D seems to be the, the vitamin D must have a really good PR agent because because <laughs> right. we're, we're all yeah. we're all really yeah. thinking about it. That's you know, right. I, not too many years ago, my wife was actually having some issues with anxiety and stuff, and we just went to see a actually a nurse practitioner mm-hmm. psych psychiatrist yep. um, did, she did a bunch of lab levels mm-hmm. and um, and one, she really stressed vitamin D and I, you know back then I. I, I thought, yeah, we live in Southern California. I didn't really pay attention to vitamin D. I, you know, I'm sure all my patients are surfers. I'm sure they're yep. fine. Um, but you know, lo and behold, lo, lo and behold, my wife's level was low, and and she, this uh, doc made a, a really big deal about it. But mm-hmm. and since then, I've kind of gotten on board with the whole vitamin D yeah. thing. And uh, it, it, I, I check anytime I do blood work mm-hmm. on on my patients for other, any reason, I throw in a vitamin D level, yep. and. Um, I have to say, probably ninety-five plus percent of the, those kids or adults that I'm checking are low. Yeah, you know, and that blows me away. Yep. Um, in Southern California, even I had my levels checked mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago from my doctor, and you know, I, my wife always gets on me for not using enough yes, sunscreen. Right, right. And you know, I, yeah. I use it on my face, but because yep. uh, that's my money maker. But <laughs> um, but you know, my arm, I'm always coming back burnt and right. everything, and I my level was twenty-five. Yep. And I was blown away yeah. by that. Well, and know? sunscreen is super important. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that we recommend is that kids should be spending somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes a day, depending on what their complexion mm-hmm. is, how fair skin sure. versus dark skin they are, out in the sun with that before putting the sunscreen on so that our body is able to produce yeah. the vitamin D from the sun. So vitamin D is a huge one for mood, behavior, anxiety, oh, all sure. those things. But if they're outside in the sun, they're not going to be able to check their Instagram. That's right. So, yeah, so, I, know. Yeah, it's a real so I don't know. I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're checking vitamin D, vitamin D. correcting that, yes. um, and um, you know, and and then some of the other ones. Yeah. So iron is a big one, mm-hmm. and you know, many people don't realize that suboptimal iron levels are really connected to these kinds of learning and emotional issues in kids. Um, so there is research on low iron in kids with ADD and ADHD, kids on the autism spectrum, kids with anxiety and mood kinds of issues. So one of the things that I always look at is what a child's serum ferritin level Mm -hmm. is. And that's a specific type of iron lab that 
essentially looks at the amount of usable iron in the child at a given point in mm -hmm. time. And if serum ferritin comes back on the suboptimal or low level, that gives us another target for intervention where we can raise iron levels through the food that we're recommending for kids, making sure that they're eating iron-rich foods. And sometimes it may involve some supplementation to help get those iron levels where they need to be. Got it. And for parents to re remember what ferritin is, uh, the way I remember that in medical school, ferrous, kind of um, that, that's Latin for iron, but then ferritin, kind of ferrous in the body, in yeah. the cells, as opposed yeah. to just iron level and, right. and hemoglobin and stuff. So, right. um, and then um, um, magnesium, yep. right? Mag and zinc, yes. right? Those are the other, those are the kind of the four. Absolutely. Um, you kind of just uh, do yep. those screenings. And if, yep. if you find they're low or, or off, you, we, you try to correct those. And mm -hmm. do you see a lot of success uh, with that and not have to move on toward to the Adderall prescription. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When these things come back suboptimal or really deficient, correcting those can make a huge difference for kids. And, you know, there's lots of things that we might incorporate into a treatment plan for kids with these mm -hmm. kinds of issues. But if these nutrient levels are off and we don't correct them, we're never going to really get the impact with any of the other kinds of treatments that we might do. So it's very common in my practice with looking at these nutrient levels, correcting them, that kids don't need to go on to have more intensive types of treatments or certainly, you know, move on to, to medications when we look mm -hmm. at these kinds of things. Yeah. And um, it seems I'm, before we get into other other treatments and things you do, I'm, I'm curious, I've certainly seen a huge rise uh -huh. in what I just call the brain issues, anxiety, depression, um, learn, uh, attention issues. Are you seeing that too? Absolutely. And yeah. what do you think? What's, what are we doing wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that not only are physicians seeing that we're seeing that as psychologists, teachers are on the forefront of seeing that. Mm -hmm. If you talk to people who have been in the world of education for longer than 20 years, they talk about the huge shift in the kinds of kids in their classrooms from mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40 years ago to today. So I think there's several things going on there. One is um, nutrition, mm -hmm. that kids are eating poorer, more nutrient deficient diets today than ever before. The amount of processed foods that kids are eating, um, even our soil has changed. So even kids who are eating a decent amount of produce and things like that, we've got mineral deficiencies and, and problems with the way that our food is grown now that makes the nutrients in the foods that we're eating different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So mm -hmm. I think nutrition is one big factor. And, you know, sugar being something that I know you talk about with patients, and <laughs> yeah. I do too, mm -hmm. kids are eating higher amounts of sugar than ever before in history. And boy, does that take a toll on brain function, right? It's like yep. we have kids on these blood sugar roller coasters mm -hmm. all through the day, which leads to irritability, moodiness, behavior issues, attention problems. So I think that nutrition is certainly one piece of why we're seeing more of these kinds of things. Sure. Um, electronics are another big issue. Oh boy. Yeah. We are the first First generation of parents, you and I, raising kids who have access 24-7 to being plugged in oh, to yeah. the internet, mm -hmm. social media, all those things. And what we know from the research at this point is that not only does more time on electronics lead to more sedentary mm -hmm. kinds of behaviors, and sedentary stuff is not good for kids. Kids need to be moving their bodies in order to um, appropriately grow and develop uh, their brains and their bodies. So 
constant electronic stuff leads to sedentary kinds of, you know, lifestyles. And what we're learning from the research is that that constant exposure to the screens themselves is really problematic um, for the brain, especially Mm -hmm. for kids who are genetically prone to things like ADHD, anxiety disorders, those types of things. That constant screen exposure really, really overstimulates them and does bad things for them. So I think that's another factor um, that's going on as well. Speaking of overstimulated, um, we we several uh, months ago realized our daughter, our twelve year old, mm-hmm. um, just was spending just too much time on the phone. Just yeah. she just was, and, yeah. and not paying attention to the world around her. Yeah. So we you know, we picked a few times. You know, we don't we're not going to take it away all the time. But we one of the times we picked that we're not going to be on the phone are for short car rides. Yes. Just the quick to school, back and forth. Mm-hmm. For one thing, she's going to be driving in a few years, and we, she, she needs to be able to know right. to navigate around. Uh, but, um, you know, and just to to take that time to get off the phone. And But when we, when we said, right, that's one of the rules that's going to happen, she, her, her complaint was, but, but I'm going to be so bored, mm-hmm. you know? And I say, well, you know what? It, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be bored. Um, like you said, the kids are constantly bombarded. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like their brains never turn off. You that's know, the, right. the, the, the phone and the this and then that, and even the games are playing and the, the social media stuff. Um, the kids, their brains never really have a chance to just sit and be bored mm-hmm. or meditate. You, as That's another right. word, you could That's call right. it. And um, you know, there's other times that you're going to need to be to to know how to be bored. Right. Class, yep. board meetings, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know that right. kind of stuff. Uh, right. Um, and so we we use that as a time to just hey. Let's just chill, look out the window, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. and learn the uh, – first off, I, I kind of comment how we're driving. That's we right. pa- You know, we pass something interesting. Yep. Hey, look at that homeless guy with the five bikes, you right, know, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, just yeah. d- d- seeing the world around her mm-hmm. um, for one thing. And um, I think it's important for parents to just have their kids take – have some board time. That's right. Boredom time. Absolutely. I, so I, I apologize about the gardeners outside if you guys <laughs> can hear that. <laughs> But it is what it is. That's right. But I think boredom is is critical. And parents will say, but but my kid will be bored. And I say, that's great. Mm-hmm. That is an important, appropriate part of developing. And, you know, we think about even young kids now. You can hardly walk through a grocery store oh, without yeah. seeing, you know, infants, toddlers, preschoolers sitting in the shopping cart. But they've got their face in a screen as opposed to being aware of all of the language and the visual stimulation and the things going on around them. What we're learning now from the research is that that really has detrimental impact on kids' language development, their cognitive development, Mm -hmm. their executive function development, their ability to pay attention, all of those things. So while technology certainly is an important part of our lives and kids' lives, we need to help them learn how to regulate that and how Mm -hmm. to use that in a healthy, brain-supportive way. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's go back to nutrition. Yeah, you know, you you, sure. you talked about it a bit, but um, uh, I'm curious if you ever get this scenario. You're talking to a family, and their child's just not, you know, not paying attention in school, or, or having just any depression, anxiety issues. I, one of my first questions are just, okay, what you just, what you have for breakfast? Uh-huh. I just throw it out, not yeah. not not judgmentally, but yeah. almost to kind of get the child's into the conversation. And uh, 
Um, is it ever bagels? <laughs> I mean, it seems like uh-huh. most of the kids yes. yeah. their, their their breakfast is a bagel, yep. and uh, with with and that's it. Yep. You know, and and parents often think a bagel. Oh, that's good. You know, my right. my kid eats great. Right. He's having right. bagels and whatever. It's breakfast food, yeah, right? right? <laughs> um, but it's it's a uh, it's it's a huge carb load, that's right? right? And I try to tell them, you know, it's almost like just taking a bunch of tablespoons of sugar mm-hmm. and and trying to go off and pay attention. Um, that's right. So, you know, I, I, but if, if I try to change that, so many of those kids are, you know, they're, yeah. they're young teens and they're already set in their ways right. and, uh, um, it's tough. Um, yeah. but, um, I'm curious, um, shoot, now I forgot. I was going to say, I was going to, what was I going to say? Um, we'll have to edit this. Well, can I out. say something yeah. about the, about oh, sure. that in, mm-hmm. in the morning with breakfast? So first of all, what I find is that 95% of kids and teens that I see, the answer to what did you have for breakfast is either nothing yeah, right. or it's bagels, Pop-Tarts, sugary cereal, mm-hmm. muffins, which are basically cupcakes, right, yeah. you know, stuff <laughs> that spikes the blood sugar and doesn't sustain kids and allow their brain to work well. So one of the things that I find that can make a profound difference for kids, especially if they're having mood issues or mm-hmm. attention kinds of problems, is starting the day with protein. Yes. Because that stabilizes those blood sugar levels and gives the brain the fuel that it needs for these kids to be able to go to school and focus and have sustained calm energy mm-hmm. that they need to function well in the classroom. Um, but it is a challenge. And oftentimes kids don't want to give up stuff or parents aren't sure what to feed them. Right. So my rules are you need to have something Trying to have your brain and body run until about noon with no fuel in the tank is not going to work. So we talk about what are some simple things that you can do. And often I'll try to add some things in before taking them away. Mm -hmm. So before taking the bagel away, I might say, okay, you can have a bagel and let's look at maybe putting some peanut butter with the bagel. Or let's look at, you know, having maybe a a quick... um, you know, protein bar or beef jerky or something with the bagel mm-hmm. that gets us more of what you need. So sure. sometimes adding first yeah. before we start taking away. Yeah, adding egg. Yeah, um, one of my daughter. Yeah, yep. my daughter loves the bagels, loves the toast. But we yep. luckily she likes avocado. Great too. So we'll Healthy fat, we, yeah good. we'll put you know essentially take the bagel or toast, avocado on top, egg on top, and I think that's a, a much better Absolutely. meal. Um, yeah. something you know I usually eat uh, really well. I, I for my um, my breakfast is a, almost a no carb breakfast. Yep. I either get some good fats, some good proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, and I hit lunchtime, and I'm you know my stomach might be empty, but I'm still. Yes. you know, fully charging and, and right. energetic. However, um, just last week, um, one of my patients that works for a bakery mm. uh, brought their child in and brought a whole thing of bagels and donuts. And now, when I'm I'm like a dog, if there's food, I will <laughs> eat it. And I was like, oh, that looks so good. I, I eat pretty well most of the time. It was nine o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. I had even just it was maybe even just a quarter of a donut, and it was amazing how. Lousy that made me feel, you know, and it, it isn't it isn't it isn't until you kind of get out of that constant brain fog and, and that you recognize when you are in it. Yeah. And um, just just that little piece of a donut to, to make me crash. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in a brain fog and we know kids are way more affected. You know, if kids are in a little bit of a bad mood, it's way worse. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a 10 times, uh, the things are it's just amplified. And so it kind of dawned on me, 
um, wow, if that made me feel that crappy, yeah. what, is it, what is it doing to our kids? You know, and they're doing that every day. Absolutely. And kids, we know, are more susceptible to those sugar spikes and crashes mm-hmm. and to blood sugar dysregulation than we as adults are. And, you know, it's interesting because I have a background um, in education as a teacher, I, I do get called in on a fairly regular basis to do consultations in school with kids or classes that are having lots of behavior problems or issues like that. And one of the first things I look at is what are these kids eating in the school sponsored breakfast, right? So Mm -hmm. things that, you know, they're getting in the cafeteria when they first arrive to school at 7, 7.30 in the morning, they're having their strawberry or chocolate milk, which actually has more sugar than a can of pop. Most people don't realize that. Um, You know, they're having their sugary cereal or what, you know, their their bagel or their muffin. And these are the school sanctioned breakfasts. And then the teachers and the administrators turn to me and say, what can we do about their inattention and behavior? And it's like, well, let's back up and start Start with what you're giving them to put in their bodies when they first get here, mm-hmm. because even simple things like that can make a profound difference. I mean, I had a family just last week, a, a child on the autism spectrum with pretty severe attention and behavior issues. We did nothing during that first appointment except talk about starting the day with a good amount of protein. There you go. Parents went home, made that change. Teachers started calling Two days later saying, I don't know what you're doing, but this kid is a completely different kid in the classroom now. And mom emailed me and said, I can't believe the difference that just starting the day with protein and healthy fat is making for our son. So, you know, we often think these things have to be super complicated, but the reality is some really simple shifts can make really powerful differences for kids. Well, for sure. Um, I'm curious. Um, one of the things I always be sh- am sure to prescribe in quotes uh, if, if a child's having any of these issues and I'm curious to take your, get your take um, uh, healthy fats you mentioned um, in a supplement form though fish yeah, oil sure. or omega omegas yep. what, what, what's your thoughts on those I think omega-3 fatty acids are critically important for kids with these kinds of mm-hmm. issues and there's all kinds of research to support that um, while diet while, while getting those um, healthy fats and those omega-3 fatty acids through diet is great the reality is that most kids are not eating salmon fresh fatty cold water fish, those types of things um, where they can get that from. So supplements are an excellent way to do that. And um, that's something that I recommend on a daily basis in practice. Mm-hmm. Is um, If I were to skip towards the end of, the end of your book, what, um, what, you know, if... Um what what's kind of the quick, the easy solution for a child that is just having a hard time paying attention? Is there an easy solution? Is yeah. there just this, 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 start mm-hmm. with this, this, yeah. this, and this? Yep. What? Well, and the great thing about this book is you don't have to skip to the end because <laughs> the entire thing is very simple, practical things in cool. each area. Because I think that that's what parents need, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need a lot of theory. We need to know what do we do with our kids right now. Exactly. So... Shifting some simple shifts in diet are critical. Omega-3 fatty acid supplementation is an easy one that people can start with. Get your kids moving more. That's a big one. Have movement as a requirement before we're sitting down on the couch for three hours and, you know, having our face in a screen or something like that. Um, Making sure kids are getting good sleep. And diet plays a role in sleep. Exercise mm-hmm. and movement plays a role in sleep. These are pretty basic things that people might look at and go, eh, you know, those seem too simple to work. 
the basics are what's most effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see really complicated kids in practice. And actually, when we get these basic things in place, there's not a whole lot of other higher level complicated stuff we need to do in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. It's just getting the foundations of good diet, good supplementation, good sleep, getting some movement. And then another area is really making sure that parents are communicating and connecting with their kids on a regular basis, that we don't allow the busyness of our life to get in the way of really developing a relationship and connecting with our kids, because that's Mm -hmm. super important, too. I like that. I like that. I I tell parents, um, you know, I'll I'll give you maybe five little tools, like you, the things you just mentioned, not any one of them are going to be perfect, work 100% of the time, but if you put them all together, you you probably will be able to avoid Mm -hmm. having to take a pill, you know, and I've I've got, it's frustrating when they won't do all that stuff and all they want is the pill. Um, You know, I've got a, just a a 20 year old, one of my patients um, that is back from college and, you know, we, we reluctantly started her on a medication several years ago. She, she just wasn't getting through school. And, um, and these, you know, I tried to instill the skills, the life skills, Mm -hmm. you got to have skills, not just a pill. Um, and she's back from college, uh, needs a refill. Um, and she's just not following up on those skills. She's not getting the sleep. She's not getting her exercise, the, the sunshine and the, and the omega threes. And, and it's frustrating. And now, She's all she's doing is her Adderall, and she can't. You know, it's have a hard, hard time sleeping. Yeah. She's anxious, and and it, it almost makes me want to just throw up my hands. And yeah. well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, and I think that's the frustration that a lot of practitioners experience. And I work with a lot of young adults, and and see the same things you do. And the problem is that even if the pill works for them initially. What do we see happen? Over time, the pills don't work as well, mm-hmm, right. and then they're back for more, or I need a higher dose or something right. different. And, you know, my thing is just supporting people where they're at and constantly providing education at a level they can understand. And when they get to those ages, they are going to make those choices, and you just keep pouring that information into them with the goal that at some point when they are at a point in their life where maybe they're ready to hear some of those things or make some of those changes, they have the information that they need to do it. Cool, cool. Well, Dr. Nicole Birkins, let's spell that, B-E-U-R-K-E-N-S, right? DrBirkins.com. Your book, Life Will Get Better. Um, This has been great. I love this. Um, I, on your website, there's some a lot of great videos, and you even have a program mm-hmm. that parents can kind of sign up and, and um, be educated. Yes. And, and tell me about that. Yeah, that program really encompasses the main areas that we're talking about today. It gives them videos and handouts and things that they need to get started with making changes in each of the, these areas, nutrition, sleep, movement, relationships, all of those things. And I, I did that because I'm limited with how many people I can see in direct practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to be able to help parents wherever they are um, to be able to have the information to to implement these things with their kids. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll have links to your site on our site, AskDrSears.com. And um, man, next time you're in town, we got to have you back. Absolutely. I'd love to. Cool. Perfect. This will be great. We will be right back to the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. Cool. Really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually applied a lot of those, especially the labs, um, the lab tests uh, for 
getting evaluating kids mm-hmm. and it's funny we, we hate to draw blood on kids yeah. you know and, and yeah. that's often a, a big barrier to uh, in the in the visit but uh-huh. I've really found a lot of very helpful information oh, yeah. on on the kids um, for not for just behavior issues just just at my wellness visits um, checking the vitamin D's like yeah. I mentioned and uh, I wish they could <clears throat> do because I same with my kids it's like I know that I'm sure I could have so much knowledge based on their blood, but finger it's, it's, you would rather it be yeah, a finger, finger prick. Yes, it's traumatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's traumatic. Yeah, there are there from. are vitamin D level uh, tests that are available by finger prick. Mm-hmm. There, there's a question whether they're really accurate or not, and I'm actually actively kind of looking at a few of them to see. Mm-hmm. To I've actually got my own levels tested, yeah. uh, finger prick versus the 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 full blood draw to see if they correlate or not. Um, but there are some cool things. Uh, there's uh, uh, like testing your um, omegas. Uh, that actually wasn't one that Dr. Nicole talked about, but that's one I've actually noticed yeah. to be able to do. And that is finger prick, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's good. So, um, well, excellent. Good stuff. Before we wrap up today, um, I think it's time for a mom-to-mom moment. Yes. So this one's inspired by a text I got from my sister just a little while ago. Like I mentioned, my sister Erin, she was due a couple days ago with her first child. It's the 15th grandchild in the Sears family. Um, And she says, I'm checking in for a prenatal massage. And I was so happy because I know she's a bit anxious for her baby to come, but instead of just kind of sitting there waiting and being anxious she's doing something really nice for herself specifically massage so my mom to mom moment today is to encourage parents to take moments for yourself whether if you're in an anxious time of your life or just frame of mind take time to do something that will make you feel good specifically massage I've massage has been a big part of my life because um i I'm very physically active. My muscles are often hurt. I'm, I'm a single mom, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have a, that partner to massage me when I really need it. So I take time and resources out now and then to get an amazing massage. And that is something that's very valuable to me. So I'm giving you permission to take resources and time for yourself to go uh, experience this type of self-care. Can dads get massages too? Yes, dads can get massages too. <laughs> but just don't ask for a mommy massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not a prenatal massage. <laughs> Actually, do that. that but seriously, I really want you to like do that. Pre- <laughs> I would like a prenatal <laughs> massage. Hey, don't, if don't they judge. refuse you, you be like, that's it. I'm suing you. <laughs> yeah, funny. Well, good, good, good stuff. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. Don't forget to find us on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Sears Family Podcast, and on the internet, askdrsears.com slash podcast. Please look, uh, check us out, give us a follow, send us questions and comments. We love those. We love hearing from you because it helps us to know who's listening and what kind of stuff you want to know. We definitely tailor our content uh, based on what you guys are looking for. So, Um, So definitely keep that kind of stuff coming. We are here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting. And hopefully today we've helped you through through some of those (laughs) moments that are not so joyful, like tantrums in the middle of Kmart. (laughs) So for, for Hayden and Matt, I'm your host, Dr. Jim Sears, and we will see you next time.